Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerd Episodes. Episode singular of Nerds of the North, the premier former video game show, hosted by, in this case, one brother, one brother, and one. Actually, we're both brothers. We're just not each other's brothers. This intro is <laughs> still disaster. it's still two brothers. It's two. We don't have to be each other's brothers for us to both be brothers. True, true, exactly. Uh, and there you go, two brothers and nobody else. Uh, in this particular case, I'm your father, son of the goalie host, Simon Pazor, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mate, Matthew Menier, the gruesome twosome, the rarest twosome we've seen. Mm-hmm. Adam Pazor was, of course, away on assignment, descending from the mountain near Hoosville to ruin Christmas. So <laughs> we'll leave him <laughs> to that, and hopefully we'll see him soon. But Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's been uh, it's been of a long day, bit of a long day, as you can tell that I already can't speak. Uh, university is still on strike, and somehow I am still extremely busy despite the fact that I have only one class. Yeah, uh, you'd think it would be easier, but yeah, you really would. But you know, so it goes, and it, it it's been all right. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're gonna have a not necessarily an action packed show, but there are a couple things that I I wanted to do, and. Um, this kind of seemed like a good opportunity to do them, and unfortunately Adam couldn't make it, but I do want to talk about Arcane in our next episode, because it seems to be the latest thing taking everything by storm, and it was like a video game first. I wasn't even aware of that. Um, did you play yeah, any sort of Arcane of, video game? Well, it's based off League of Legends. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh. Not so much. I, I haven't seen the show, so I can't speak with any authority. I don't believe it's actually based off of the game, more of a show that takes place in the world of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, once, once my school calms down a little bit, I sort of want to, I, I re-downloaded League of Legends. I want to try it out again, see what sort of like tie-ins and stuff they have going on within the actual game itself. Um, but yeah, I've heard really good things about Arcane. When someone said they're, they're making a show based on League of Legends, it's like, okay, I know the, the characters have backstory and there's some world building and stuff like that, but it's a MOBA. There's not a lot you can really do based on the actual game. So we'll wait and see. But it's, like, number one on Netflix in, like, 50-something countries. So, apparently, they did a good job of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's exciting. It's exciting to know that that's... That, that, that this is, like, that's... Mostly what I've seen is that this is the first good video game adaptation. So, I'm eager to watch it. To do it. Because, like... This is going to be a, a strange comparison. Although, that's kind of what I'm known for. But I was watching... Uh, by the way, it is video game related i watched a lot of g4 as a kid i don't know if you watched any of it does that name ring a bell to you it it rings a bell but i don't think i watched it regularly yeah i watched a ton of it as a kid in particular x play and a little bit of attack of the show and their other things and then the the channel gradually devolved into just being one show and then cops on rerun for 12 hours but last year um or earlier this year maybe it was it got relaunched on youtube and it's i believe being a run like they hired their CEO or whoever the hell's in charge, editor in chief, I don't know what they call it. And it's Casim G, remember? Casim G. <laughs> so like yes. it seemed like he went into hibernation for so long and then he appeared and they and they got a couple of the uh the OG hosts. They got Kevin Prayer and Adam Sessler to come back uh, to be like regular hosts to work on on the show again. So I was watching the relaunch of that. Anyway, all this to say they were talking about the new Ghostbusters movie and uh, which I haven't seen uh, Afterlife. And they said, well, basically, this is the kind of thing where if you're going in with expectations, then you're just bound to be disappointed. And I hate that argument so much because it gets used a lot and also oftentimes in video game movies. It's like, oh, man, you just you can't be pleased. No, if you made it good, we would be pleased. There, like we've got 
hopefully Arcane is another example. But Castlevania blew the doors off of everybody, proving it's possible. So this would just be another... It would be good to get a couple in the win column so that we can point to mm -hmm. all the ones in the L column and be like, see, it wasn't our expectations. It's the fact yeah. that it sucked. Yeah, no one's expecting the Godfather, but, you know, based on Mario. It'd just be nice if it was good. I don't think that's too much to expect. And luckily, it's I think it's trending that that's not too much to expect anymore. Yeah, the only review I saw was just scrolling through my uh, my feed, and I saw the IGN review was a solid 10. A straight-up dime, which is pretty exciting. The other thing that we can talk about while Adam's not here is, uh, I don't know, did you see? First of all, there was a new Pokemon released in Pokemon Unite, Decidueye. We both bought it, mm -hmm. and it's fairly enjoyable. We know the next Pokemon is going to be Tsurina. you got to pronounce it like Tsunami. Tsurina. Yeah, I always just called it Serena, but every all the YouTubers are calling it like Tessarina or something, or something along those lines. I just assumed it was a silent T. It's like T.S. Elliot now. T.S. TS Arena, that's what it is. Uh, no, I, I don't friggin' know. Maybe they'll release a video explaining how to pronounce it in the video. So that's uh, an unconventional pick, but one that I think makes a lot of sense. But did you see that there were four uh, new Pokemon allegedly leaked? The next four. Yes, I did. I did see that. Yeah. I gotta say one thing, like not related to the leak itself. It always bugs me when there's a leak and it all all the YouTubers make things about like, ooh, this is confirmed. It's like, no, confirmed is when Pokemon announces it. That's oftentimes as good as confirmed, but just, you know, anyway, a little bit of pedantry that like always bugs me. Yeah, unless Daddy Nintendo says that that's when it's confirmed. But uh, allegedly the next Pokemon coming are uh, Gallade or Gallade, depending on how people pronounce it. Blaze again, I feel more confident in that one. Wobbuffet, I love you, um, Spragles. I love, he's probably my favorite Unite content creator, uh, but he pronounced it Wobbuffet. Wobbuffet. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he was in the anime We're for gonna years, go eat man. Him. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to guess on this one. And then, uh, and then Dragonite, which is super duper exciting. So mm -hmm. that's not quite Gudra, who is what we both wanted, but Dragonite is like a, a close second. I'm really curious how Wobbuffet's gonna work like it doesn't seem like it would make any sense at all but that that's kind of their mo considering the the other three of them seem like very obvious slam dunk so it's like okay we got to throw something nutty in there yeah i know like other mobas do have um sometimes have mechanics for like reflecting damage and things like that i could see that being kind of Wobbuffet's kind of thing i Wobbuffet is a pick i really like it's you know not definitely a not a slam dunk one for sure but I think I think that could be really cool. And the and the other three, you look at them and it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> those are sort of the like ones that you you would expect outside of the weird kind of picks that they seem to like to do. Yeah, like the fact that it took them this long to put Blaziken in is kind of kind of impressive, considering mm -hmm. he's like right up there when we talk about the obvious slam dunks that we that they put in at the very beginning. Right, they had Lucario, they had Pikachu. I think Blaziken yep. isn't too far behind. In yeah. that group. I don't know if I would say I'm excited for Blaziken, but when I see it, it's like, yeah, that's, you know. Same. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's like, okay, it's there. It's neat. Yeah, no complaints there. I'm depend. You know, if he's good mechanically, I'll like it. Not getting me too excited, but, like, you can't really argue with it. Yeah. But Dragonite, very excited about that. Very excited about Dragonite. Okay. Speaking of things get excited about, we have a two-part. Not two-part. We're not splitting it up into two parts. We're going to do two separate things this episode. We're going to talk about the Game Awards nominees. 
And then we're going to do, with Eternals out, I've everyone else has done it, so it's time that we did it. We're going to make a tier list. So even though Adam's not here, he sent his tier list in. He spoiler tagged it for us on Discord so that we can't see it. And I, I don't know if you've peeked, but I have not. So we're going to open that up when we get there. I've got my tier list on one computer. And then I've got the, what we're going to call the master tier list on the other computer when this is all done. I'm going to upload it to our Facebook page. I don't think I've hyped that up in a few episodes. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nerds of the North. So what you can do is you can go on there and you can tell us if we're crazy, if we're not, and uh, and where you think. So it's just going to be Marvel movies. I don't know if I actually said that out loud. Um, just the Marvel movies, not the, the TV shows. Of course, the first episode of Hawkeye came out today. I don't know about you. I have not seen it yet. Saving I have it. also not seen yeah, it Yeah, saving it to watch tomorrow when I have a little more free time. So uh, hopefully that's good, but yeah, I don't know. We, we I feel like we've we unofficially tier listed the sh- the series, their series, the series is every time they came out. So you know, don't need to beat that dead horse anymore. Yeah, we've done the whole compare and contrast already. So. Yes, but we're in the excitement zone, so let's talk excitement. Let's talk game award nominees, and the first one, uh, it's no coincidence that I'm starting here. It's most anticipated game, and the options are Elden Ring. <coughs> God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Breath of the Wild 2, or it's just a sequel to Breath of the Wild because I don't know the name, or Starfield. And so my vote is yes. <laughs> that's like a borderline perfect list. I think yeah. the, the thing that I would, and you can actually vote it, by the way, people, if you go on to thegamewars.com, you can vote, and that's for a lot of these how they're going to pick them. But uh, I think if I do vote, it'll be for Elden Ring, with the sole reason being, A, it's coming the soonest, so that helps. And B, we've seen the network tests, and it looks like a lot of the content creators have really gotten their hands onto it in a big, bad way. And the feedback is so good. Like, you expect those all to be good. There was a time when I thought Starfield would replace Mass Effect, but what we've heard from people that we trust is that Elden Ring is the real deal James Neal. So that is... Tremendously exciting and probably who my vote would be, but I couldn't fault anybody for picking any of the other ones. Yeah, this is an extremely strong category. It uh, I, I was thinking about it when I was looking through some of the like other nominations where there's sort of a thing that we've talked about on the show before where video games uh, in terms of like goodness or strength of years tend to go like strong week, strong week, strong week. It sort of flips every other year. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at some of the nominees this year, I'm like, okay, this is maybe one of the weak years. And then I look at most anticipated, and it's like, oh, next year is going to be a strong fucking year. Yeah, next year is going to be crazy. Yeah, I think my vote would also go to Elden Ring. I think at this point, FromSoft sort of has me in their clutches as like whatever game they release, doesn't even matter what it is, is it going to be the thing I'm most looking forward to? And they they got such a... They're so stable, right? They're so consistent, especially if you like Dark Souls 2, which is their only, like, sort of stumble. Mm-hmm. You just know that you're going to get... Like, it, in a time when video games, like, on the modern consoles are $90, there is a real value to just knowing that you're going to get value out of that that purchase. Um, yeah. When the worst thing they've put out in the last 15 years is still, like, a B, B+, plus, that earns a lot of good faith. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, best debut indie game. Um, we have, I don't know how many of these you've played. Uh, we have The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, Kenikina, or sorry, K- 
Arcana, apparently is how it's pronounced. Bridge of mm-hmm. Spirits, Sable, and Valheim. Haven't played any of these, but going off of what I've heard, Valheim was the one that I think really broke people over. I mean, there was a really a time, it's a brief time, when we talked about dropping Minecraft and moving over to, to Valheim. So if I had to make a prediction, that would be the one I'd go with. Yeah, Valheim's the only one that I've played. Uh, so not a super educated opinion on this one, but... I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got it. It it, it was real good. Um, the Artful Escape to me also looks really cool. And that that's one of the ones that I hadn't really heard much about. And then it got nominated for like a billion different things. And I sort of looked into it a little bit. And that one looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Valheim's the only one that I've played. Um, and it's, you know, not, not much to say about the rest of them. But it was, Valheim was good enough. If it won, I wouldn't be upset by that. Yeah, fair. Best multiplayer, Back for Blood, Knockout City. Knockout City, actually, I think free on ps5 right now which is a shame i was hoping it was free on ps4 and ps5 so you could play it because i would love to try that out with somebody but uh uh back for blood knockout city it takes two monster hunter rise new world and valheim so the the description of this which i feel like in this kind of thing is important for a standing online multiplayer gameplay and design including co-op massive multiplayer experiences and irrespective of genre or platform so I mean, to me, it's going to be... I already said it's my game of the year, so we'll spoil this for when it gets there. I think the multiplayer in It Takes Two is some of the most creative multiplayer I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Dark Souls, not in its implementation, just in um, that, like, when Dark Souls happened, I was like, oh, shit, multiplayer could be this. It Takes Two kind of does that. You know, you're still playing in a split-screen situation, but the things that it does and the way it switches up genres is really, really impressive, so... I would be lying if I voted for anything else. Yeah, I I haven't played It Takes Two yet, but from what I've seen and heard of it, I feel like it kind of deserves it. I, I love Monster Hunter Rise, but I feel like it's an amazing game that has multiplayer. I don't think it's any kind of revolutionary revolutionary use of multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same kind of thing with Valheim. So I, I would expect It Takes Two to take this one. There you go. Uh, best sports slash racing. I don't think we've played any of these ones. It's F1 2021, FIFA 2022, Forza Horizon uh, 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. The reason I bring this up is not because we I, I assume you haven't played any of these ones. I sure haven't. I played FIFA. There you go. Uh, that and one makes it's sense. good, but it's no FIFA 14. Yeah. So, first of all, <laughs> no NHL, no Madden, and no... Uh, what's the one for... MLB it's not MLB because it's the show right the show the show yeah so none of the none of the big ones um but weirdly enough I've heard phenomenal things out of that Hot Wheels game Hot Wheels Unleashed me too yeah kind of tempted you know what like if if there's any genre that's down for just like silly just whatever like for fun racing or for fun gameplay uh racing games really do it for me and it sounds dumb, but I've also, yeah, I've also really heard very good things out of the Hot Wheels game. Man, this has been a long day. I cannot speak. It's totally I'm just fine. blown away by Hot Wheels. That's me nine times out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And I remember, like, earlier this year, I watched Speed Racer again. I really enjoyed it, and I was, like, trying to find a racing game that, like, scratched that itch. And none of them really do, because a lot of them have to go under some pretense of realism, like Mario Kart got the closest. But having those Hot Wheel tracks be, like, huge and expansive, I think, uh really let them let them let loose so yeah. to speak there's definitely some some nostalgia f- factoring into that as well 
I'd love to tell you the nominations for best sim slash strategy game, considering it's one of my favorite genres. I haven't played a, a damn one of them, <laughs> so I don't know. I I I don't know if you have Age of Empires, Evil Genius Two, Humankind, Inscription, or Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, so it's always good to watch these type of things, though, and to, like to kind of be paying attention to the. Uh, the discussion and see if one of them like mm-hmm. blew everybody out of the water so yeah i'm glad they're still making age of empires yes but yeah i i hadn't heard of any of these except for the microsoft flight simulator until they were nominated mm-hmm. best family game uh it takes two mario party superstars new pokemon snap super mario 3d world bowser's fury or warrior wear get it together this is one of the ones where like even though i think it wins game of the year I don't think it takes two, weirdly enough, is a family game because mm-hmm. um, the story is, I mean, there's a lot of fun, irreverent stuff going on, but there is a, a solid story through line and it's fundamentally about divorce. So <laughs> <laughs> I would be lying if I said it was like, I mean, that's pretty family related. <laughs> True, it is about a family. It's about a family falling apart. So there's that. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if one of the Nintendo titles managed to to snag it. But again, if they just vote for It Takes Two because it's the best game of those five, mm. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. I was slightly disappointed, not that any of these games aren't good, to see all but one of the nominations go to Nintendo. Uh, not because I don't like Nintendo, but it's just like, is nobody else making good games in this kind of genre you know i would hope to see a little bit more diversity even though i think these are all good apparently not apparently not best role-playing game controversial opinions cyberpunk 2077's in here monster hunter rise scarlet nexus shin megami tensei 5 or tales of arise i am astonished that the tale series is still going so strong after yeah. so much time, you kind of got to respect that. The only one of these that I've actually played was Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, if if it's the best of this bunch, it's been a rough year for RPGs. <laughs> well, Monster Hunter Rise is also fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've only played one Tales game. It's one of those ones that I always look at the store every t- look at, at the store every time I go. And I'm like, really want to get into it. One of my best friends is super into it. He's played all of them. And I've, it's it's never quite fully drawn me in. That's like but yeah. The only one of these I played is Monster Hunter. Um, Rise isn't like the best Monster Hunter game ever made, so I don't know. I don't know if if it could take it, but I I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough because they're so so friggin' long. So like, if that's your thing to do consistently, power to you. But like, I tried to play at least two or three more tales games since the last one that i played and the last one that i finished i think was like came out probably 10 12 years ago vesperia and it was like oof i mean like the slow burn trust me if i'm sure this your friend has told you this too if you can get to the end of the you know 200 hour journey Mm -hmm. the slow burn that it gets you to emotionally is probably worth it similar to a really good anime or something like that but it's like there's a lot of like punching rats to get there (laughs) yeah i am glad to see there's at least like a couple of original games in here i find this category often tends to be you know whatever quest 8 9 12 sort of thing so it's nice to see we got at least a couple couple one-offs although i think the the internet might explode if cyberpunk wins anything yeah yeah i mean yeah I i didn't like dislike the game i actually had a good time and i 
if you guys recall, I like completed it pretty much as much as humanly possible. But considering it was supposed to have all this like free updates and they've pretty much delayed everything to try and support it, it's it's still in an angry place with a lot of gamers. But anyway, best action adventure games. This is usually where you can see like the big AAA things. And mm -hmm. uh, so we got Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently a shockingly good game. It's on a Black Friday sale right now. I think it's like $30 off or something like that on um, on the PlayStation Store. So I presume the same thing on other stores. I was tempted. Not going to lie. I was tempted. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's quite good. Metroid Dread. What uh, my coworker at the Jets told me I need to get. And I said I was either going to get that or a Pokemon game. And uh, I ended up getting... Uh, Shining Pearl, so we'll see how much I regret my decision. Psychonauts 2, we don't have Adam here to defend that one. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. I mean, if this was best nine-foot-tall vampire mommy lady that the internet <laughs> simps for, it would be an easy contest. You got a runaway in that category. Yeah, but I really don't know, because they like they all seem like good choices, but of of what I've heard from like Guardians of the Galaxy, it was like it's shockingly good, but not rock your world good you know same yeah. thing for metroid dread the people who enjoyed it really enjoyed it and i can tell you the same thing for rift apart it's a really good game very well showed off the ps5 and it sounds like like adam basically said psychonauts 2 was as good as the first one the first one was very good but like where do you, i don't know this one i feel the five i don't think there's gonna be a runaway i think it's gonna be five pretty equal votes and someone's gonna like squeak through with like 23% and everything else is like 19 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I there's yeah, nothing would shock me in this one. I'd probably give the edge to Metroid Dread because it sort of has a bit of that like institutional heft behind it. I feel like a lot of people are very happy that it ended up being very good. Um but yeah, there's definitely no clear favorite. I think one. you could say the same thing about Resident Evil though. Like those <laughs> Resident Evil games kind of sometimes are hit or miss, right? And that's like, "Oh, hey, ooh, finally a good one." So that's I don't know. that's true. I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel like Resident Evil franchise has the same kind of fan base behind it that like the big Nintendo characters do. No. But but I, I could be wrong. I I mean I also grew up a Nintendo kid, not a so you know I I don't have the same or my friend group didn't have the same kind of experience with those kinds of things. So they might totally be out there, and other people are like Samus. Who cares about Samus? Mm -hmm. Totally could be. It it it's fair. Okay, best action game. The other place that a lot of these things, the uh, AAA games, tend to to hang out. So we have Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. And of those groupings, um, apparently Returnal is like Dark Souls on crack, right? Like it's even harder. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the things that I, like the people that I listen to who have played, who get paid to play these games and aren't just doing this shit for free like us, have been very, very high on Deathloop. So that would be my prediction. Yeah, that's the one that I, I feel like I'll make it to. I remember, I actually, Chivalry 2, I heard about for the first time um, in the spring, I believe it was, at a barbecue of someone that I had, like, never met before. And he's like, oh, you like video games? Uh, I play, like, this one game. It's this sort of night thing. And it turned out it was Chivalry 2. So I heard a lot about it early on. So I'm happy for him that it made it in. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I got to say, uh, next Next one, we're going to talk about best mobile game. I'm only throwing this in there because it's going to be the only place where our boy Pokemon Unite gets nominated. Going up against Marvel, Future Revolution, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Fantasian, and what's definitely going to win based purely off what I've seen online, Genshin Impact. It mm -hmm. seems to have had a huge Genshin Impact on the 
um, the culture. <laughs> Big impact on the Genshin. That's right. So, I mean, it's probably going to win, but I had to throw out that, that Pokemon Unite did get nominated for something. Best indie game. Uh, sorry, unless you had an opinion on one of those. Nope. Best indie game. This The only thing that shocked me here, first of all, I had to check when my boy Spiritfarer came out because I like began this year hooked on Spiritfarer. I had to remember. I was like, did it? Did it come out in 2021? No, it came out at the end of last year, and I only played it in 2021, so that's okay. But I'm seeing in here 12 minutes, which is that indie game that I think I even brought up at this year's E3. I'm like, what the fuck happened to it? I think so, yeah. It came out? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I heard nothing. Nothing for years. It came out, and now it's nominated for Best Indie Game. So... I have no idea which of these is going to win. It's going up against Death's Door, Inscription, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. I have no damn idea what's going to win. I just want to check it out because, <laughs> because I, mm-hmm. it looked really cool at the time. But, man, like the marketing clearly dropped the ball. Yeah. I, I always hate when that happens. That happened most recently for me with uh, the movie The Last Duel, which apparently is very good and just sort of came and went and nobody heard about it. And it's like, I would have played it if you told me about it. Mm-hmm. It seems cool. I know not everything has all the marketing dollars in the world, but it's like, oh, man, there's some things. It's just like, that looks super cool. Would have loved to support it. Would have loved to try it out. But Yeah, apparently it came out everything. in August. It's got the voice cast of this game is James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. What the shit? Huh. Uh, That's very different moods of voices yeah and the reviews are uh generally positive on steam it's also 20 percent off it's 24 dollars uh canadian right now it's normally 30 it's right now it's 23 or sorry 23.99 so 24 so make of that what you will um <laughs> maybe i'll check that game out later that's kind of it's kind of surprising Best ongoing game, Apex Legends, Final Fantasy Online, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, Call of Duty Warzone. Again, Fortnite, the fact that it's been so dominant for so long is very impressive, but mm-hmm. Genshin just seems to be, like, whenever I turn on Reddit, go to r slash gaming, there's some Genshin Impact shit, so that would yeah. be my guess. I have also heard very good things about Final Fantasy fourteen lately. They seem to be to be doing good stuff. I did sort of laugh when I saw Apex Legends is on there. Not because I don't think it's deserved, but there's definitely a trend for the sort of um, fan bases of online or of ongoing games that like everyone is constantly disappointed and upset by the developers and everything they put out. And yet everyone continues to love the game anyway. It's just sort of a state of being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I sort of laughed to see that one on there. Not that I don't think they deserve it. I think they've done a good job, but, but yeah, probably Genshin Impact. Although Dark Horse, Final Fantasy 14, I think. Yep, that would be fair to say. I'm looking at some of the other ones, and it's just like a lot of them are like the Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kana. They all come up in, in multiple different things, but um, I don't want to talk about them more because we haven't played them. So I'll skip right to Best Narrative, Deathloop, It Tapes 2, It Takes 2, Life is Strange, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, or Psychonauts. Um, I think it it speaks volumes that it takes to snuck into this category. Like that's... It probably belongs more here than it did in uh, Best Family Game, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if, because I know like the Deathloop story is apparently quite compelling too. Life is Strange, True Colors, it's like one of those story games, and then apparently people really like what they did with Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy. So I don't think it takes two will win, but um, I'm I'm pleased 
that even though it didn't appear maybe on the outside that it belonged in this category, that it did manage to get in there. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those games, and having not actually even played it yet, um, it just I, it's one of those things that I'm so glad it exists. I kind of I'm really happy every time I see it get nominated for everything, and I kind of want to win as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've also heard good things about the Death Loop story, and nar- I'm surprised to see Guardians of the Galaxy in for narrative. It, I th- I think everyone was really ready to hate that game after the Avengers game. Um, but seeing it in here, especially with narrative, makes me feel like it's leaning closer toward the PS4 Spider-Man than the Avengers game. That so that's seems, nice to see. Yeah, that seems definitely what it's like, given the way it's been uh, been received. And that's why, man, I was just so tempted. Maybe I will pull the trigger on it and just like get to it at some point, even though I'm not going to mm-hmm. be playing it right now because I've been going through uh, Pearl, <laughs> which you'll notice is nowhere to be seen in any of these. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, but I it's just, it's so hard as an almost 30-year-old now to replicate the feeling of being a kid. And at this point in my life, I would pay $90 just for the chance. You know, mm-hmm. just for the feeling of, oh my goodness, I remember doing that at 13. It's just something that, it's basically impossible to manufacture. So plus I was kind of curious and I, I really thought, do I not buy a Pokemon game for the first time in my life? So eventually I, I relented with it over dread. Sorry, drew from uh, the jets games. The announcer drew, he told me to get Metro dread disappointed him. <laughs> I will say the closest I've ever gotten to rediscovering that experience with Pokemon was with sword and shield. When I did like media blackout after I saw the starters and the legendaries and that was it. I didn't, didn't look at anything else. I, I got a lot of like childhood excitement watching that. Actually, I'm definitely going to do that again for the next one. Well, okay. Then we won't talk about the new uh, things revealed for uh, Legends Arceus, which I mean, there hasn't been anything revealed lately, but just in general, they have revealed some new Pokemon, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Okay. Pet, last two. Best game direction. Deathloop. It takes two. Returnal. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank. Rift Apart. Uh, creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. I mean, this seems like, uh, from what we've heard, Deathloop probably makes the most sense because it's like a very innovative mm-hmm. game that needs to be like led by, you know, if it wasn't led down the correct direction, it could go wrong. Um, yeah, the strength is in the idea and the execution of that idea, not so much in like, you know, just action and mechanics and that kind of thing. Yeah, but there is, there's definitely a case for all of them because Returnal is a similar thing. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an interesting idea that didn't necessarily make sense for that genre, but then they pulled it off. It takes two. I've talked about to death. Psychonauts two to to bring a game back twenty years later to have it feel as consistent because that's not just something we've heard from Adam. It's something we've heard from that's everybody. Tough, yeah. That's really incredible. And then Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart to have a coherent. It's probably the weakest of this group, but just to have a coherent game that's basically a a PlayStation Five sizzle reel. Like you buy that game yeah. because it's gonna it's gonna look phenomenal on your PlayStation Five. You can point to it and say to your parents, "Look, this is what this console can do that the things before it couldn't." That's why you mm-hmm. buy that game. So the fact that they were able to build a game around that, I guess, points. But to me, it seems like the the clear last place. Yeah, Deathloop, I think, is the favorite to take this one. It just it really stands out as an example of of game direction like if, if you were to describe game direction to someone Deathloop is the kind of game that you would point to 
to point out the different things about direction. Mm-hmm. I think it, it just really works well as an example of what they're trying to to do. So uh, to me, that's got to be the favorite. Yeah. Yep. And so we'll get into now the last one, game of the year. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Immediately, you can take out Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Again, it's good. It's not the best game of this year, though. I can guarantee that. Um, Psychonauts seems to be like the favorite indie pick. I'm surprised that Metroid Dead squeaked in there because game of the year is usually more universally loved and not just like niche loved, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not usually sort of a, a genre kind of thing unless it like really blows it out of the water. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, Village, again, seems like a very solid game. But my personal vote, obviously, talk about it a billion times, it takes two. It's one of the most innovative, creative, wonderful, enchanting, marvelous, um, just totally take you away kind of games possible. It also gets major points for not being $90. Like, I think it retails, it starts off at, at 50 and it's already on sale. So, like, huge points for that, that you can get it another game for the price of mm-hmm. another full price game. Um, my prediction, though, is going to be Deathloop. I mean, they've got the Arcane Studios. They're the ones who did... Uh, Dishonored, as I stare at a Dishonored Funical Pop here. So they've got, like, the notoriety. They're the company that's been doing it for a while. They had an, It's a brand new IP. Not that It Takes Two yeah. isn't, but it's a brand new IP that had a really new, interesting idea. It was marketed well. It was all that kind of stuff in the same way that It Takes Two just wasn't. So if I had to make a prediction, it would be that Deathloop's going to win Game of the Year. And I do, because yeah. it's my show. So, yes, I'm going to make a prediction. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm also going to predict... Death Loop, although I wouldn't be surprised to see it takes two. Um, it's uh, it's not quite the classic, like sort of big popcorn, uh, you know, crowd pleaser versus like the small story based. But like it's definitely leaning in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like Death Loop probably gets there with the the bigger audience, the bigger marketing, and. Um, you know, the more sort of in-your-face, like, interesting concept. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see It Takes Two, but I, I'm leaning towards Deathloop. Yeah. By the way, It Takes Two right now 40% off on Steam, so it's definitely going to be off on other things. It's only 35 bucks. Um, so both Matt listening to this and anybody else out there who is listening and hasn't played it and has someone... I mean, unfortunately, the reality of this game is you can't play it alone because it does take two. <laughs> it's the name. But, huh. you know... Uh, it's worth it. If you have someone that you love that you can sit down and you care about and uh, and, and play this game with, it, it's going to blow you away. I can guarantee it. I'll, I'll personally, if you don't love it, I will give you $35. <laughs> That's how <laughs> confident I am. I won't actually do that. But I'm still that confident. I'm just also that poor. Okay. So let's move away from that and let's get into our Marvel tier list. Everyone else is doing it. Time for us to do it. And Eternals just came out, so I guess you guys just have to go with wherever I voted it for Eternals. Ha! We won't go with the uh, <laughs> the Metacritic score on that one. But it just kind of seemed like we're about to enter into a period where we're probably going to have quite a few Marvel properties over the next little while. You know, we're, we're exiting a slow period because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So probably a good time to sit down and reflect on, on what's going to happen. So yeah, before we sort of really in earnest get going on the next phase. Exactly. So I have uh, labeled the tier list. It, it looks like the one that I loaded up on the screen doesn't have my funky names, but I'll read them off. I don't know 
Did you get the funky names on yours when I sent it? Oh, you didn't. No, I just have uh, Sabkada. Sabkada. Okay, so I renamed them, and I when I was voting, I tried to you know, keep those names in mind in a couple of, of the picks, although I could be persuaded that maybe I didn't do them in some others. But uh, the S tier, I changed to Transcendent. Okay, so this is a something that defined genre. It got outside of the superhero thing, and you could recommend it to... You know, your uncle who's not into this kind of thing. Okay, but trust me, but this is the one you're going to want to see. My A tier was genuinely A. Great movie. Didn't intentionally have the A in there. But again, regardless of whether or not it's a superhero movie, it was genuinely just a great, great movie. My B tier, the middle, was good superhero movie. So you're into superheroes. You want to see a superhero movie. This is a good superhero movie. My C tier was worth the price of popcorn. So popcorn and the movie ticket, of course. But just go to the movie theater and you watch it and you sit down and you have a good time. But it's probably not the ones you're going to be re-watching over and over again. And uh, my bottom tier, because I didn't think any Marvel movies are particularly bad, was just forgettable. You know, like a, you might have a hard time remembering in particular some of the the beats of this or wherever it is. So that's where I was. Knowing that... Does that change any of your rankings, Matt? Um, I don't think so. We're close enough. It'll work. Okay. Perfect. Close enough. Let's go with it then. So we're going to start off with, and we have Adam's listings coming in too, so we'll just, our master list will just be an average of the three of them. But I put in, uh, or the first one, by alphabetical order, is Ant-Man and the Wasp. So where did you have Ant-Man and the Wasp? I have that in C tier. You have that in C tier. What the hell did you have below Ant-Man and the Wasp? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only thing, if if you can see the picture on my tier list, I have one thing in D tier alone by itself, and that's Thor the Dark World. Oof. Oof. Okay. Fair. Fair. Because yeah. I still enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I was sort of thinking a C tier is like, I liked it, but I never really feel the need to go back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of where where it fit for me. I still enjoyed watching it the first time, but I don't think I'll ever bother watching it a second time. Yeah, I was debating naming the C tier, like, watched it once and that's it kind of thing, because I understand that that's, uh, that's it. But that's also why I kind of wanted to rename the tiers, so that we did have an actual yeah. thought to aim at. So I put it in forgettable, because again, I, I don't uh, I don't dislike any of the Marvel movies. I think I enjoyed watching them all in theaters and all that jazz, but I uh, forgot it. Or to quote my, my boy Jeremy Joms, yep, I'm going to forget this in T-minus one day. I already forgot. Mm-hmm. So, to get the... I mean, unless Adam ranked it higher, we'll put it wherever Adam voted it. Where the hell did he put it? Did he... He did indeed put it higher? No, he didn't. <laughs> he just Outsi- said it differently. Outside list. of immediately after I watched it, uh, I have never heard anyone talk about it ever. Yeah. So I think that says a lot. It does. It does. Okay. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, he had in the bottom tier. So unfortunately, the tiebreaker, it goes down to forgettable. Ant-Man 1. Where did you have Ant-Man 1? I also had it in, to use the correct names, uh, worth the price of popcorn. There you go. So did I. Even though I think it is significantly better than Ant-Man and the Wasp, but not better enough to break into the next tier. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a reason. There's a big jump between those two tiers for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I I had it in that tier as well, and hey, so did Adam. So it's a three peat. Yeah, does a good job introducing the character, but like as an actual movie, I think it's just okay. Yeah, it's like a fun heist. I didn't mind. It's a good. It's worth the price. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next up, technically, uh, I guess, like I guess this is technically the next one in alphabetical order. Age of Ultron. I feel like we're going to have some division on this one because, uh, yeah, because I, I think Adam's actually higher than this one than the average bear. Yeah, this this one gets some hate. For me, this is the Dark Souls 2 of Avengers movies. Yeah. That's... It's it's sort of popular to hate on it. That's so, but, such a perfect but I, description. But it's still not that bad. I have it in, uh, oh, again, I'll use the proper, uh, good superhero movie. That is also where I have it. Yeah, I think it's it. Yeah, it's popular to hate on for a variety of reasons, but it's a good superhero movie. And yeah, hey, hey, what do you say? Adam agrees with us. Wow, look at us. Yeah, look at I us. watched it again. If I rewatched it a few years ago, and I was like, this is way better than I remember it being, because you know all I'd heard about was people kind of, you know, dissing it on the internet. And then I watched it again more recently when I rewatched all the Avengers movies, and I'm like, ah. Okay, it's not as good as I re-remembered it. <laughs> yeah, like it's got moments that are really great, and it's got moments that are kind of questionable. And like yeah. it was also, I think, before some of those characters got like reworked. It's particularly Thor. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really know what he's doing in that movie because he's about to get completely like redone in Ragnarok, and that's not necessarily um, Joss Whedon's fault. But also, it also no. has some awkward stuff like um, Bruce Banner falling on top of Natasha's boobs. That's a little bit like. <laughs> Mm, even in what was it 2014 we should have known better joss huh we should have yeah. known better yeah there's there's definitely some bad but there's a lot of very good too definitely okay next up avengers infinity war this is sorry gotta use the correct name transcendent oh we got the three peat again look at us going here yeah i i completely agree this was one of the ones where it it blew blew everything out of the water I think. Yeah. Yeah. This this is still one that I'll go back every once in a while and watch on YouTube like live audience reactions of the movie because seeing this movie in theaters was such a special experience. Mm -hmm. Um it it was it really was like transcendent. I think as a movie it's still very very good. Um but I think what they were able to do with this movie was like near impossible to actually be pulled off and yeah i i of all these movies i can't have it anywhere but at the top agreed yeah I, everything you say i could uh, i could double it and and like an end game which we'll get to later on is also similarly like worth watching clips for it on youtube kind of thing um yeah but if i had to like you know that classic question if you could forget something and rewatch it for the first time over again which one would you watch it would be Infinity War because you don't know how it's going to end. Like in Endgame, we knew that a lot of them were going to have to come back. They had sequels, for God's sakes. But in Infinity War, you don't know who's living. You don't know who's dying. Mm -hmm. And Thanos, like it also, up until that point, the Marvel villain problem was the fun thing to make fun of Marvel for. Yeah. You do not hear that post-Infinity War because Thanos was astonishingly effective as a villain. And uh, yeah. Took yeah. the, took the and and Endgame almost suffers from the, in terms of like rating, by the existence of Infinity War because in 
Endgame, it's like, well, Infinity War was fucking great, so we sort of expect the same of Endgame. Where Infinity War, not that, like, no one expected it, or people expected it to be bad, but, like, didn't really know. I remember being very nervous going into that. It's like, well, let's see if they can stick it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. Okay. We've got a lot of movies to go through, so unfortunately we have to keep going. We have Captain yeah. Marvel. Uh, I have this one in Worth the Price of Popcorn. Worth the Price of Popcorn. I have it in uh, in Forgettable. Adam also has in Forgettable. So unfortunately, the tiebreaker, once again, we're, being, we're bringing you down, man. Uh, <laughs> we're moving things down. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's 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 exactly what it is. It's forgettable. A lot of people, I feel like, when they watch Wandavision, were like, "Who, who is this person?" Because she was mm-hmm. like a bit role in Captain Marvel. Yeah, we wanted it to be better to compete with um, Wonder Woman, and then it it just wasn't. And also, another case of the character is actually like more bland in their own movie. Not that she's like really yeah. had time to shine in other movies because she's only been in the one. But like, I, I remember my favorite criticism of that movie was all the time. They keep telling her, especially Jude Law's character, you're too emotional. You're too emotional. What? This is the Be least... more emotional. <laughs> this is the least emotive character in the MCU. Too emotional. Get right out of town. Anyway. Yeah, so we agree, we agree on that. Or mostly agree on that, I guess. Forgettable. Next up, we have something that I think we'll agree, but in the opposite direction. Uh, Winter Soldier. Captain America's Winter Soldier. Uh, I had this one... Sorry, give me one sec. It's a little bit hard to find because it's just going by the posters. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, I had this one in Good Superhero Movie. Whoa, you're actually kind of low on that movie, huh? Yeah. Honestly, I, I, we, my girlfriend and I rewatched all the Captain America movies this summer. And you know what? I was lower on it this time around than I thought I would have been. This might be a bit of recency bias because I was sort of disappointed compared to my expectations. And I definitely would not fault anybody for putting it in A tier. Um but uh, I don't know. I feel like this this one is always gets talked about as like it's what made Captain America like cool. Everyone always talks about like the action and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And okay, you know what? Actually, literally, as I'm talking about it now, I was about to diss the action, and I thought of some cool action scenes. I'm gonna put it up to A. <laughs> <laughs> the I th- I think there is a bit there is an overuse of shaky cam and a couple other things that bug me. But yeah, even when I was thinking about uh, the things that I was going to be down on it for, I remembered some other things about it <laughs> that are really pretty great, actually. So yeah, I'll put it up in A. There you go. Yeah, I had that actually in transcendent tier uh, all the way at the very top because I thought it wasn't just just a great movie. It was, you know, it, it kind of broke genre. It was like a spy thriller that you really don't get, you know, in this mm-hmm. world period. And also at the time, you know, like it or not, Man of Steel wasn't super well received. I know it's an odd comparison, but really Captain America and Superman are the two characters that it's kind of tough to do modern versions of. So, you know, the first Captain America, that's easy. Good versus Hitler. Okay. Yeah. There's an easy bat. So, but to find a way to make Captain America relevant and really interesting in the modern era, I think was as impressive as how, you know, the, the, the hand-to-hand style combat that really blew the doors off. And, you know, it's tough to call Bucky... Certainly now, you wouldn't call him a villain. But similar to Thanos, like when he was on screen, you felt that there was actually someone who would threaten Captain America like in a hand-to-hand combat. And the way that it's mm-hmm. shot, I feel like when he's got the you know, the black face paint and the mask 
and then you could just see Steve like stressed out through all those fights, and you've never seen him like really work that hard before, especially at the beginning of the thing in the boat, right? And you have him fight uh, the Leaper, George Larocque. Is that the name? George St. Pierre. <laughs> what, what's, sorry, I know it's George St. Pierre, but what's the name of the character? Isn't it Laroque? Oh, uh, Batrock. Batrock, that's the one. Who's Laroque? Is that... Am I thinking George Laroque, the, the hockey, hockey player? player? <laughs> also a fighter. I'd also <laughs> he, he love to He would put up a him. good fight. Yeah, I would I would pay to watch that. Uh, yeah, sorry, I mixed the two. Thank you for the hockey <laughs> Mixing player. up your French Canadians. That's right, mixed up my French Canadians. So, yeah, it, I thought he was great. Um, so I put it all the way up in Transcendent. Either way, once again, Adam is going to have been the one to pick the correct tier. Because even if you had it in a good superhero movie, he picked uh, genuinely a great movie, the A tier. So he would have mm-hmm. averaged them out, and it would have gone there. But uh, now you guys just outvote me two to one. And it is our first genuinely great movie. How about that? Okay, we had just spent like forever talking about it. Let's get back to it again. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, I had it in good superhero movie. That is also where I had it, and I think this might be the only one. I th- whatever Adam used, he used a different tier list than us too. So his things mm-hmm. are, uh, his posters are different. So it's throwing me off. He actually, yeah, we're gonna outvote him a little bit. Oh no, never mind. No, we're not. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's right. <laughs> He's been right every time. Yeah, it's a good superhero movie. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very, very good origin story. Um, does a great job introducing all the characters, but I don't think it really breaks out of being a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So. Next up, we have uh, Avengers, not Avengers, sorry, Captain America Civil War. Uh, I put this one in genuinely a great movie. Genuinely a great movie. Yeah. Trending towards transcendent, but I, I opted to to leave it in the lower one this is another one that when i rewatched, uh it i had fonder memories of it um than uh than the feelings i had rewatching it mm-hmm. um i mean still great you know i, I have it in a tier um this for a while was my favorite marvel movie and i've come down on it a little bit since then um re-watching it again the, some of the conflict to me feels a little bit forced um but again it's just it's just it nitpicks that sort of made me made me think a little bit about it and, and sort of had me put it down. If you asked me last year, it would be strongly an S. But interesting. So both both Adam and I had it in S tier. So that's he's again, Adam. I know you're listening to this. So once again, you get to be the tiebreaker. We go with your choices. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everything you said. I maybe I have to rewatch it. So I'll come down on a little bit. I don't know. Uh, this was the one surprising thing about this movie is when you're kind of doing the uh, the youtube circuit of video essays and stuff this is the one that like it's actually fairly con- it's also like a little bit of dark souls too if there's a one of the movies that like a lot of people are high on that there's a few vocal people who think it's not super great uh it's actually civil war and one of the reasons are i think that people think that zemo's plan is a little too convenient but to me i thought i thought zemo was just like improvising half the time you know, like when they show up at the bunker, he wasn't prepared for that, but he was like, okay, I guess I'll show you this, and this is going to work. Um, yeah, Zemo, I really like Zemo as a villain, and Civil War isn't even Zemo at his coolest. I think that's definitely Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's dancing um, Zemo, is obviously. <laughs> yes, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of internet criticism about him, but I, you know, I feel like he worked, and I think 
it, they didn't even necessarily need a villain in this one. It was all, you know, they just needed someone to push them to fight amongst themselves. And I think the conflict within the Avengers themselves was was better than any, like, you know, big ultra henchman guy that they needed to punch in the face a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tony is, if it's, since it's a Captain America movie, and I'll get on that soapbox in a second, but Tony is, like, the real villain of the movie, and you get to see... First of all, why they would pay someone like Robert Downey Jr. $100 million a movie or whatever ludicrous amount he got. Because mm-hmm. just when you need dramatic acting, he doesn't just do the funny quippy stuff. He does that so well. But then he can also bring such a wonderful, like, dramatic heft to it. And, like, his scene, they're in, like, a, a boardroom type thing. But it's just him and Cap and he hands in the pens. That back and forth that they have is some of my favorite, like, drama in the entire MCU. I thought it was, I think it's just phenomenal. And the reason I have it in Transcendent here is because I think it, like, we got more in terms of <clears throat> Affinity War and, and, and Endgame and stuff. But to me, Infinity War is the first, like, comic book movie. Not just a movie based on comic book characters, but it was just like, they're all here because they'd all be here. This really does affect everyone it it feels like a comic book come to life and we're forgetting of course that we were all like worried oh my god are they going to be able to implement spider-man like spider-man is back with marvel for the first time ever and we all love spider-man from that movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they did such a good job with that and everything else and it also directly leads into you know marvel trusting the russo brothers to be able to juggle that many characters because it's a lot of characters but yeah. You could probably sort of, you know, got called like Avengers two and a half. Okay, so this is where I wanted to go. I hate that criticism. I understand where it comes from because you can just look at the cast and be like, it's the cast of the Avengers. But I think if you're actually paying attention, the Captain America through line is strong enough that it's still clearly his movie. Like I know that people jokingly yeah. called it Avengers two and a half, but the people are like, it's not really a Captain America movie. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? It's so clearly a Captain America movie. And he's the one who goes through some of the most major changes. I mean, him and Tony, obviously. But, like, his choice at the end where he's kind of a piece of shit and reveals that he knew that Bucky killed Tony's parents the entire time. Jeez, you want to talk about a heavy scene between fucking Disney characters? <laughs> like, and this came out in the same year as the Martha thing, which I didn't even mind. But, like, uh, don't mess with me, Rogers. Did you know? Yes, I don't care. He killed my mom. Like, oh, that line. Jeez. That like that is the moment that I think about when I think of this movie that I don't care. He killed my mom. Yeah. And like, oh, like that. That would be a moment that I would love to forget and experience again for the first time. Because like that line is that movie for me. It's like, yeah, it's got the Avengers 2.5, like giant punch him up at the airport, which is a really great scene. But like. Like I said, the the story of this movie is uh, Steve and Bucky plus Iron Man. And, I mean, Bucky's, you know, now sort of more of his own thing. But at that time, was still squarely part of the Captain America franchise. Mm-hmm. It it really is, even though it's got everyone else, it really is, is a Captain America movie. Um, and I, I think I might be talking myself up again into putting this into <laughs> S. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's the movie that I've watched, I think, by far the most of any Marvel movie. If, like, I have to pick one to go back to, I like it. There's a classic, like, you can find multiple videos online of, like, how 
several characters are just better in the Russo's hands. Like we'll get to Black mm-hmm. Panther in a little bit, but I I think that Black Panther is honestly better in this movie than in his own movie. I think in his own movie they wanted the cast to bring a little more around him, which I guess is some variety. But I just thought that like he had such a wonderful intro. Spider Man had such a wonderful intro. The uh, the airport sequence is such a, like a a masterpiece of like a juggling and balance. Um, perfectly balanced as all things should be, you could say. Mm-hmm. And like I, I kind of was saying earlier, you could pick any one of like the 19 characters in that movie. You can talk about what their arc was in that movie. Like even though some of them didn't have that much screen time, they all moved. And that, like we're feeling the effects of this to this day. We felt the effect of that movie throughout Infinity War and Endgame because Cap and Iron Man weren't together. We're feeling the effects of that movie in wandavision because that's the one where that wandavision got brought together um yeah it's 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 wonderful that movie really is wonderful yeah. we'll stop talking if you're plotting that. if you're plotting out the course of all of these movies civil war is definitely a point in that line yeah maybe even more than ultron yeah really the only thing that legitimately bugs me about it is that Rhodey was essentially fine after I really think he should have died or at least had a much more serious injury. Anyway. Yeah, but like permanent well, I mean he is still in those like leg things the entire time, but yeah. Yeah, but he walks around normally with them. Yeah, it's a little bit of CGI this, and he's uh, mostly okay. Yeah. Okay. Doctor Strange. We've talked about the Captain Americas for so long. Doctor Strange, where do you have that? Uh, I have it as good uh superhero movie. Good superhero movie, which is unofficial the B tier. That's also the where B-tier. I have it. That's also where Adam has it. God damn it, Adam. You son of a <laughs> yeah. bitch getting all these predictions like, correct really enjoyable well written well acted um the end sequence is really cool uh but it just it just didn't quite hit me the same way some of the others were for me it's just sort of like square in in the middle like good not outstanding yeah i think that doctor strange is another character that got russoed pretty hard like he's good in his own movie don't get me wrong and i know he's not a full power because it's an origin story um but i thought that he was even better in Endgame and Infinity War. Oh, he yeah, I, I, movie. 100%. He's better in the other movies. He's not bad in this, but yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's also, like, I love Chiatel Ejiofor, and I'm eager to see where he goes. It doesn't sound like he's going to have a super huge role in this next movie because it's got so much else going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that movie had a lot. It could have been transcendent based off purely the cast, but it didn't ha- necessarily have a story to go on because remember this is also this is pre-thanos we're in the thick of the uh, villain problem and you have chiatel Ejiofor, who we knew is going to play like not quite yet baron mordo but the person who would one day be baron mordo and then i'm um, uh geez i'm blanking on his name but the guy who plays hannibal uh oh 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 um mads mickelson from yeah. casino royale yeah <laughs> mads Mikkel- yeah we could just name other roles that he's been in. mads <laughs> mickelson who is a phenomenal actor and i think at around the same time was uh playing bit roles in uh the star wars movie that he was in shit now i'm blanking on that one too rogue one right rogue one yeah. he was really good in rogue one and kind of elevated a lot of that movie so people were like really hoping like okay we've had some iffy ones in the past but mads mickelson is coming he's gonna and then they he's I mean, he's got a couple good lines, Kaecilius, I guess, but he just dies in the end like every other one. It's like, okay. So that wasn't yeah. the solution. Yeah. I think the the impact of Doctor Strange in the MCU for me is S tier. I love all the sort of mystical stuff and and sort of what he brings to other movies. But this one as an actual film is just sort of middle of the road for me. 
completely agree. Okay, Avengers Endgame. Uh, this one is transcendent for me as well. Um, this, you know, the question was partially solved for me with Infinity War. It's like they can do a very good job of sort of sticking at least the first half to landing, and for me, they stuck the second half too. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love Endgame. This is another one I go back uh, and watch reactions of because I just have so much fun watching this movie, even though a good chunk of it is super sad. Yeah, so I can picture myself talking with Adam in the studio back in the day about Mass Effect 3 and how it was probably my favorite of the Mass Effect trilogies we got out of the, all the payoff. And Adam was like, but don't you need to give the other ones more credit because they had the setup? I'm like, I know, but like, I love the payoff. The payoff is the fun part. So it gets to pay off, you know, 10 plus years of movie making in Avengers Endgame. It did a lot of stuff in ways that we hadn't seen before. It was a little, it was a lot riskier, I think. Like it, the highs were high, the highs were higher, is how I should say that, and the lowers were lower than Infinity War. Um, but like those highs ended up in a phenomenal place. And uh, like, I don't, I still don't particularly love what they did with Thor. Not that he didn't get depressed and like lose it, but they just, They've handled a lot of uh, mental stuff in the MCU very well. I don't think they particularly handled Fat Thor very well, with everyone just fat shaming mm -hmm. him basically. But whatever, that's fine. It's, he's a Greek. He's not a Greek god. He's a he's a Norse. Doesn't god. mean it's doesn't mean it's perfect. We're allowed to have nitpicks. Yeah, exactly. They're allowed to have nitpicks. I on, on the other hand, I actually adore Smart Hulk. I thought that was one of the the most interesting things. But based on the impact of it and how it was able to again. For the most part, we can have some nitpicks, but everyone pretty much left that theater satisfied with what they did. They ended a lot of arcs. They got rid mm -hmm. of two of the biggest characters of the 21st century, I think, in incredibly satisfying ways. Uh, yeah, really, really impressive movie. I would also put it in Transcendent. Adam, yeah. though. Adam, the Ooh. son of a bitch. He puts it in worth the price of popcorn tier. Wow. Yeah big difference yeah he uh, I, I was just about to say can you imagine how this would have sucked the wind out of the sails of the whole thing if it was like even just only okay yeah but i guess we'll have to ask adam how that feels yeah exactly probably a good thing he's not here or else this would be a two-hour episode but yeah it's interesting um so we'll, we'll it does get moved down a tier i think if we average it out we'll put it into genuinely a great movie that might be our biggest controversy uh controversy yet but yeah okay guardians of the galaxy the first one i have it as genuinely a great movie so do i so does adam i that could borderline based off the literal translation go into transcendent because it was like no one's heard of these characters even like diehard comic book fans sometimes hadn't heard of these characters mm -hmm. and then within like six months of it coming out their household names so that's pretty incredible yeah. but i think you can achieve that by being just just genuinely a great movie yeah it, it sort of got famous for being not famous mm -hmm. and you know all the jokes and the bright colors and stuff like that but this one really has like a shocking amount of heart mm -hmm. to it. it 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 makes you feel things and it launched dave batista's acting career and now he's like a legitimate actor doing legitimate yeah. acting legitimate things so props for that apparently when he got the role he like signed himself up for a ton of acting classes like immediately, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And he does yeah. great. And like, it's also fun to think about the fact that maybe not as much now, but particularly back then, 
Bradley Cooper was like a proper like triple A lister. It's easy to forget that he's in the MCU because he's got yeah, such a beautiful face. One of face, the best looking people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Let's make him a talking a, raccoon. Yeah, he's a raccoon. And then of course you have Vin Diesel again, one of the stars of the biggest franchises of this century, The Fast and Furious, saying one word over and over again. Yeah. The ball really is a fascinating character for someone that says so little the fact that Groot has been able to become like it you know maybe this just comes from having worked at a school but Groot is by far the biggest character from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise according to 12 year olds uh the man the fact that they managed to make that work I think is incredible yep agreed let's move on to uh, and Adam of course agree with us too Let's move on to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I also have this as a genuinely great film. Hey! Uh, I feel like it kind of just does everything the first one does, just a little bit better. A little bit it's, better? Interesting. I think so. I th- okay, so, well, not quite everything. I think um, I don't love Ego as a villain, but I really, really like everything else about this movie. Kurt Russell, we love. Ego, maybe not so much. Look, hey, Adam agrees with you. He's got it in uh, genuinely a great movie tier. I'm the one who's being the the bad person here. I had it all the way down and worth the price of popcorn. I don't know. I, for some reason, it just didn't grab me. The magic just qu- wasn't quite there the way the other one was. And, like, to be clear, it's not in forgettable tier. Worth the price of popcorn. They're all still good movies that i'd I'd happily Mm -hmm. revisit like it's next to ant-man i thought ant-man was was pretty good but go back to it over and over again um maybe not so much so i think that's those two average out and it becomes yet another good superhero movie Mm -hmm. interesting yeah i I, you know what i can't even think of a particular thing that didn't work for me like I, i i agree i thought that you know kurt russell's phenomenal and I thought I wanted a little more from him, similar to Mads Mikkelsen. Like, you had one of the best actors, and you had him do, like, pretty good. But it could have been better. Um, yeah. But, like, just whatever magic the first one had, I just didn't find in that one. It just kind of felt more like a, a movie. I don't yeah. know. I've, I feel like, the, I think the the humor is better, the action is better, and the, I like this. I think the story is about you know, pretty much on par with the other one um the uh i will say the first one the emotional parts feel a little more genuine um but i think it it's i think it still works for me in in volume two and i think the other things that are done better uh make up for a little bit of the awkwardness with that to keep it in the same tier mm-hmm Yep, totally fair. So we'll move that into good superhero movie. Next one, uh, for whatever reason, this tier list has them out of order, so I'll reverse that. Spider-Man, uh, what's the first one? Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, it's always awkward when the first one has a subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Homecoming I have in a good superhero movie. Yep, that is uh, where I had to. Oh, this... sorry. I, I, was, I got, my Spider-Man, got my Spider-Man mixed up. Because it's only the posters. Uh, yeah. I, sorry, I have it uh, one above that. A genuinely great film. Genuinely a great film. To me, this this was like um, the episode nine of Spider-Man movies. I, I can like vividly recall myself leaving the theater and saying, that was the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then just 
watching it and thinking about it, it did kind of atrophy a little bit, for lack of a better word, in my brain. And I still, like, really enjoy the movie, but, yeah, a lot of the... It, it nailed a lot about Peter Parker, but I still um, have some quibbles with it. The It'll yeah. forever be, you know, enshrined because of that, that vulture scene in the car. is like, one of the, the most strictly that, tense scenes like the, tw- the yes. twist yeah that's one of the scenes that bumped it up for me i originally had it in b and then i was i was thinking about it and that was one of the things that you know it's like when i really sort of sat down and thought about it i was like you know what no i think i think this is a little bit better than that i the, the vulture across the whole thing is really great but yeah that one scene in the car uh, that's something else and it's probably their like closest thing to an empire strikes back twist like there's not a lot of twists in the marvel movies little ones that's a genuine one that really catches you off guard uh very very well done so yeah i had it in good superhero movie tier you had it in generally a great movie tier i believe adam was actually lower on it yeah he had it in uh in c tier worth the price of popcorn i think that might be the first one where we've all picked something different yeah well it it would have been except earlier on one of them you oh i think it was civil war you moved up or something like that oh right yeah yeah so if we hadn't talked you into it, we would have. Uh, but anyway, so good superhero movie, totally fair. Let's go with Spider-Man Two: No Way Home. Uh, I had a good superhero film. Yeah, to me, I would have this um, below Homecoming in the tier. That's not how we're doing it. We're just doing the tier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the same thing. It had, you know, it, it was pretty good. It wasn't like remarkable. Similar to the first one, a couple scenes were remarkable. The twist with not the twist because we all knew Mysterio was going to be the bad guy, but the different way of doing Mysterio was really cool because from what I've seen in the comics yeah. and the, uh, well, particularly the, the cartoons, he basically just has superpowers. So to find a way to give him, you know, that kind of powers and make it not look stupid was yeah. kind of impressive. He, def- he ended up being more interesting than he could have for sure. Absolutely. And you know what? We didn't talk about it with no, our homecoming, but you get points for, um, and I, I'm convinced Mysterio's not dead, by the way. Let me get that out there. Um, but points in Homecoming for not killing your friggin' villain, as we talk about, you know, casting amazing character actors. Keep them alive so that they can do something in the future, for God's sakes. But, uh, yeah, it'll always, it'll go down in history, similar to kind of the, like Doctor Strange, which is good it's in the same tier for that one scene that just oh, is, yeah. is mind-blowing. Yeah, worth the price of mission for that thing alone. Mm-hmm. So you and I had that in the same tier. In our B tier, good superhero movie. Adam had it in Worth the Price of Popcorn. Not big on the MCU. Yeah, does he hate Tom Holland or what? Yeah, not big on <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of surprising. Uh, okay, so next up. So that puts in good superhero movie tier for us. Next up is The Hulk. I don't know if Adam... Um, here's what I assume happened. He didn't actually write this in. He, he had a, another tier even below called Unknown and... He put in uh, No Way Home, which his tier list had, Eternals, which he hadn't seen, and he also put in Incredible Hulk. And I think it's because he wanted to create a tier below D because he hated it. <laughs> or is it a haven't seen it tier? He's seen it. I bought it for him for Christmas one year. <laughs> <laughs> and for like, because, you know, at the time that these things came out, I was, you know, somewhere between 16 and 18. I was going, I went to every movie with him. I can even recall where we sat so i can guarantee you that he saw that i mean at the end of it it's got uh, nick fury popping out of nowhere he saw that shit i think he just has severely atrophied on it or mm-hmm. has caught into the internet hype that apparently it's terrible uh, so 
Yeah, he put it below the D list. I had it in worth the price of popcorn because I, I actually didn't think it was that bad. Did I? Yeah. I actually had it above above some of the others. And it partly gets credit for just being, you know, just a good action movie with monsters punching each other. I don't really ask for more than that sometimes. Yeah. Where did you put it? Uh, well, this one is unranked for me because I actually haven't seen it. Whoa! It's it's the only one outside of Hawkeye, or uh, not Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow that I haven't seen. Well, you know what, Adam? I'll give you some credit because you put it so damn low. <laughs> I'll lower it from my tier <laughs> into a forgettable tier. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I've definitely felt the need to go back and watch it at, at some point, just you know, for like completionism's sake. Uh, but yeah, what you hear about it on the internet doesn't uh, doesn't push you in that direction for sure. It doesn't hurt. Like no one talks about it, but it was made in the same way that the Spider-Man movies were made because I I believe still to this day Marvel doesn't own the full rights to the Hulk. That's why he can only appear. Like you're never gonna see another Hulk movie. Right, and that's why yeah movies. so like marvel helped but i think it was paramount that actually made that movie which is why it does feel a little mm, different and of course sense. it's got a different lead actor edward norton plays the hulk not front row flow so it's got a bunch of that kind of thing and also i think maybe it was the marvel dollar wasn't quite there but um cgi hasn't aged super well anyway iron man 2 i don't want to be here forever and we've already been here a long time so. yeah yeah let's keep moving i have it in uh, worth the price of popcorn. Worth There's the some good stuff. There's some not great stuff. It's fine. Yep, I had it actually below that. I thought it was forgettable. Of all the movies, like I would never think to go back and watch it. I saw it. I was like, okay, that happened. I, you know, Sam Rockwell's good. I like Sam Rockwell. I didn't yep. think Mickey Rourke was particularly interesting. And I was happy that War Machine got in there, so that might have got a points back in the day. But then we got better War Machine movies in the future. So it's like mm-hmm. the points that it might have had in the past, it lost. Yeah, this one probably uh, would be worse now than if you'd only seen it at the time. Yeah. So you had it in worse the pr- worth the price of popcorn. I had it yeah. in forgettable. Adam also had it in forgettable. So there you go. Tiebreaker. It goes to forgettable. Iron Man. Th- I don't know why it's doing this in reverse order. Whatever. Iron Man 3. I also have as worth the price of popcorn. This- there you go very flashy and cool looking uh, to be it sort of rang a little hollow same kind of thing there's good there's bad none of it really stood out i enjoyed it when i watched it but it doesn't make me want to go see it again yeah adam's one of those i had it unforgettable too adam's one of those weirdos who uh who really liked that movie um so he is gonna unfortunately drag our scores up so i had it unforgettable you had it worth the price of popcorn he had an a tier actually oh wow so we'll put that into i guess that moves into good superhero movie territory yeah i Iron Man 3 has one of my least favorite Marvel villains, I gotta say. Where do I put it and worth the price of popcorn? I don't know. It's tough to tell. It's like a, it's right in the middle there. I'm gonna put it in worth the price of popcorn. Sorry, Adam. A, you're not here to defend yourself, so suck it. Um, and, and B, uh, I don't want to drag it up too high because then we just have half the cast in good superhero movies. So in the name of keeping this shit a bell curve... I'm putting it at worth the price of popcorn. As as Jed Bartlett would say, decisions are made by those who show up. There you go. Well done. Well done. <laughs> okay. Uh, Iron Man, the first one. Uh, I have it in, if I can find it, uh, a good superhero movie. Good this superhero movie. This one could movie. definitely get bonus points for sort of kicking off the whole thing. Um, but I think if you look at it objectively, it is 
sort of un- ends up somewhere in the middle. Yep, yep. It's hard to argue with, I think. <clears throat> Revolutionary. It's it's definitely not a bit of a hyperbole, but it's a little bit of Citizen Kane-y, where at the time it was like real ag- like revolutionary yeah. for what it's done. Uh, but yeah, looking back on it, it's it's good. You know, both this one and the one that we're gonna do next, <clears throat> Black Panther. I felt like could have gotten transcended on a technicality because, like, mm-hmm. for what they did culture wise. They kind of belong there, but if we're evaluating the movie, I had it as a genuinely a great movie, and that is also where Adam have it. So you had it in B, right? Good superhero yes. movie. Okay, yep. so that will that will drag it up. Did a lot, did a lot for Robert Downey Jr.'s career, and did a mm-hmm. lot just for the superhero thing in general. And they were, I mean, he kind of gets made fun of now because now we've had ten thousand villains that were like the hero but evil. But at the time, I thought that Jeff Bridges actually does, like, a pretty solid job as Obadiah Stane. Like, you don't think of Jeff Bridges as hateable, but he's legitimately intimidating in some of those scenes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah he does a good job with it. Okay, so the next one that I just talked about, Black Panther. I have it and genuinely a great film. I've got it in, sorry people, I've got it in good superhero movie. That's also where Adam has it. To me, I mean, there's another movie in here that is very similar that we'll get to later. But the ending was just a big, big letdown. Big CGI fight between two guys. I don't know. I don't I don't know about that one. The, the, the ending is, for me, is by far the weakest thing about it. Um, I, th- I think the, the rest of it for me is still strong enough that it keeps that it keeps it in a. But yeah, the ending is definitely the worst part of the movie. Um or at least the ending fight, the actual end of the movie, I like quite a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, especially the f- the fight between um, T'Challa and, and Killmonger mm-hmm. uh, when they're both in their suits in the underground mine is one of the worst looking things that Marvel's put out uh, in many years. Um, but yeah, I think as a whole, I- I'm a huge fan of this one. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a good movie. That's the one where I think that that's probably might be our most controversial pick so far. I know there's a lot of people who put that one higher, um, but it is unfortunately a list made by the people who are on this podcast. We had two of us had it in good superhero movie, so that's where it goes. Okay, let's get to the uh, Thor trilogy. Let's go to Thor 1. Uh, I have it in worth the price of popcorn, although uh, th- I think this is my lowest one on this tier. I it's uh it's it's barely hanging on yeah i had it uh interesting adam actually has it above he's got it in good superhero movie i have it in worth the price of popcorn too but it would probably be the highest one because i think this is just like a i mean chris hemsworth as thor is very entertaining uh, there's not a lot going on but it does give us loki and it does give us anthony hopkins it's just kind of a good like popcorn movie it's it's a movie and sometimes that's all you need it to be so yeah. The price of popcorn Heimdall's is not cool. derogatory Frost there. Giants are cool. Yeah, exactly. So you have it a little bit lower. I have it in the middle, and Adam has it a little bit higher, so we'll average out. It's going to go to worth the price of popcorn. Thor 2. This should be pretty quick. Yeah, this one is my lowest rated one. This is the only one that I have in Forgettable. Adam, bring in the hot fire, putting it in uh, worth the price of popcorn tier. That's that's a controversial pick. We might have to question him on that. It, does he have that? In the, he's got it. He's got Thor: The Dark World next to Endgame. Adam, 
Adam, I know you're listening to this because you said you were. I have questions. <laughs> I have questions <laughs> about how you can put those two movies together. Even the fucking actor, Christopher, whatever his name is, Eccleston, who is Malekith, uh, yeah. hated that movie. I, know, I was going to say, there's, there's literally two things that I remember about this movie. Um, one is there's a cool looking shot of Natalie Portman when she like absorbs the ether. And I only remember it because they flash back to it in um uh i think in endgame yeah which i rewatched recently um and the other thing is yeah i remember reading about how much christopher eccleston hated it yeah like when i was it like his name is scourge or something but i, I feel like that character got like came back in some sort of form in one of the more recent movies that everyone was like wait who was who was that guy and it also critically underused uh anthony hopkins and renee russo and, like, we actually yeah. finally got some redemption for Renee Russo in Endgame. Like, she was significantly better used there than she was in, in her own movie. So, I mean, it's like a Thor and Loki, hang- whatever. We bitched part of it yeah. enough. We, this maybe this one, maybe this one gets some bonus points for being uh, so bland that they felt like they needed to soft reboot Thor as a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's also, if, if Adam was here, he might say, like, maybe we're too harsh on it because it's the it's the internet's favorite punching punching bag, you know, among Marvel movies. Maybe that's like we're hopping on the bandwagon, but I, I genuinely think the the tier is called forgettable. And I've forgotten about yeah. it. Yeah. It's not awful, but yeah, I legitimately don't remember anything about it. Yeah. So next up, uh, one that you definitely have not forgotten, uh Thor Ragnarok. Uh this one I have as a genuinely great film. Yeah. It it just did so much for the character and a, a sort of similar to guardians of the galaxy is genuinely funny and that's sort of what all you get on the surface but there's a lot of heart there too and yeah, i think they did a really good job with this one the first time i watched it it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because i thought i went a little bit there's still a few moments in it where i feel like they go a little bit too hard with the jokes um but overall i think they really nailed it with thor this time Yep, that will make it a three-peat. Adam agrees. I agree. Phenomenal movie. Like, one of the MCU's few true comedies, and I know they went too far, mm-hmm. but, like, or in, in your opinion, they went too far, but, like, in a lot of movies, it's just, like, a quirky action movie with comedy in it. This was, like, a proper comedy, and I actually read a good comment, that, I believe it was on Reddit, that was, they agreed with you, in particular, the one scene where, like, Asgard explodes, right? And then, like, yeah. really undercut. They said... I didn't like that scene until I then watched Infinity War and Thor got the emotional time that he probably should have had in Ragnarok. So it's like, did they forget about it in that movie? Probably, but they made time to not mm-hmm. undercut it. Like Thor got made fun of a lot in the other movies. Totally fair. He was still very funny, you know, like more power rabbit and all that kind of stuff. But he does get the scene with Rocket where he gets to talk about what more have I to lose, you know? And that's yeah. the kind of emotional scene that, I mean, it's not in the movie, but it did help wash down Ragnarok. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And and I definitely like overall. I really like the humor. I feel like there's maybe two or three times where I think they go a little bit too far, but overall, the humor is a very welcome change to the series. And uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is one of my like top three like side characters in the whole thing. She's fantastic. And and Jeff Goldblum, I mean, we get to make fun of him because it's like he just had to act as himself, but he's really entertaining when he does it. <laughs> yeah, and, he's and, a good time. 
and like his lieutenant is hilarious. It's like it's it ends with a, a B, a trash. What were you just waiting to say that it doesn't even start with whatever the thing was? <laughs> I love those two characters. Uh, okay, so I don't know if this tier list they just did it out of order. If I accidentally dragged it when I wasn't paying attention, um, but one of the big movies that we haven't talked about yet is Avengers, the first one. Uh, so where do you have Avengers? I had this one as a genuinely great film. Uh, and this one, I, this is the only one that I, I bumped up, uh, consciously because of sort of its impact on the whole. Uh, I also rewatched this one somewhat recently and I don't think it, it, uh, held up as well as I had expected. Um, but this one was sort of hovering between B and A for me and for how important it is for like the entire movie industry to this day. Uh, I, I gave it a bit of benefit of the doubt and put it up into, into a tier. Yeah. I am. I did the exact same thing as you, except one tier up. I had it going between a genuinely a great movie and transcendent, like for it's of the group of the movies in that group, you know, like civil war, infinity war, whatever. It's well, the one that I probably have watched the least because like, it's kind of like, uh, like, okay, I got it. They proved it. And now I'm eager to see the more interesting things that they've done now that they've proven they can do that. But mm-hmm. I, especially, like, if it, if you haven't seen it, you know, and it's 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 tough to list these things. A lot of these things, like, hold up to multiple re- rewatches. But it's hard to argue the definition transcendent doesn't apply to that movie. I know it's why you bumped it up. It's why yeah. I bumped it up. And I know Adam is like super high on that one. He's got it at the very tippy top of his S tier. And so I think, cause I think it's going to be the last one that makes it up there. We'll throw it up. Well, I'll be the tiebreaker in this particular case. We'll throw it up into transcendent, which is nice. Cause it gives us like transcendent worth the price of popcorn have an equal amount. I guess you can't see the tier list right now. So you don't know what's happening. <laughs> have you seen Shang-Chi yet? I have. And so d- just general thoughts. I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's perfect, but I think what it does well, it does really, really well. Um, the characters are really likable and funny, and I, I I like the story. I think the villain is really good. Um, I like sort of all the like the interplay of the family and the uh, I think it might have the outside of. Um, Infinity War and Endgame, sort of the biggest Marvel CGI climax, but I think it's close to the best one of those that they've done. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have I have this one in A tier. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. There you go. I yeah, it it of the big CGI climaxes, it's done better than most. I think it's done better than the Black Panther one, but to me, like these movies are kind of linked in my head because I really like the first 80% and then the last bit I was kind of got lost on, particularly because in this particular case, how many times can I say particular, uh, I was really digging how dedicated they were to being a, a Kung Fu movie. And I went out yeah. and I watched a few like proper old timey Kung Fu movies in preparation and there was a lot of stuff in there that I felt like I got rewarded for doing that. Like they, the fights that they were doing very early on were very traditionally Kung Fu. And it was like, this is what you've got. And, and the villain, this is where it's again, similar to black Panther. The villain is so good. So good. Like really presents the hero 
with a critical, like, I don't want to say moral dilemma because it's not the same. He doesn't provide the same thing that Killmonger does. He provides it in a different way. But it really does feel like he's not, you know, he thoroughly believes that his wife is back there. Like, he's not being a monster just for the sake of being a monster. Um, very, very compelling. And then, at the end, instead of having a... First of all, they kill him. The same way they killed Killmonger. And then, at this, in this end, instead of having... Oh, by, super spoilers. Holy shit. My bad. If you listen to this entire thing without <laughs> worrying for spoilers, man, I, what, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, instead of being a cool kung fu, like, hand-to-hand, doing what this made this movie special, he kamehameha'd a giant bat from on top of a dragon. And it looks really cool, but it's just... Yeah, it, it, it lost some points for me there. So I put it into um, good superhero movie, uh, mm-hmm. which unfortunately for you is also where Adam had it. In the B tier. Uh, Black Widow. I have not seen this one. Cool. So, so it is unranked for me. I borderline haven't seen this one because it was so fucking forgettable. Adam's in the same boat. He put it in forgettable. So uh, that's where it goes. I mean, yeah, it was... It could have been paint by the numbers. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. that's It's disappointing to hear because people had asked for it for so long. Like, essentially, since the first Avengers, people have been asking for a Black Widow movie. And it's 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 good. I'm glad that it happened. But it is sort of disappointing that but when we actually got it, it was sort of met with a big, like, well, okay. Especially because, like, okay, I'll try not to spoil, like, critical parts of the movie. But there are a couple things I need to talk about. And you have had, like, six months. So, um it's it's my fault at this point (laughs) yeah exactly so the movie is set before infinity war so because that's the place where it makes the most sense because spoilers for endgame uh natasha dies so obviously it has to be a prequel but that there's no getting around the fact that that does take away a lot of the the narrative impact that you know where it's going to go and it it does kind of the same thing that the solo movie does and by, i mean mm-hmm. han solo the movie you know where like it showed you where he got his dice and is like did we care about that i don't know sure why not like it shows you where she gets her vest in infinity war it's like did anyone care where she got her vest like does it really yeah. matter um and then it's got some like plot holes that you know you think about it, it's like that's a little bit strange and then the big thing for me is it's got taskmaster who's got i mean whenever i get asked the question and it, it does happen, you know, like what superhero power would you want? Like when you're getting to know somebody and you're trying to think of fun questions for the last 15 years, I've picked Taskmaster's power of photographic reflexes, see something, be able to do it. That's such a cool power. And uh, they had a real option, I think, to, to take Natasha, who is maybe like a step below perhaps Steve. But in terms of things that they can do with like physical hand to hand combat, Mm-hmm. This could have been on the same tier as, as Winter Soldier because you could have had somebody who can adapt and really do that. And they do have a couple scenes. Yeah, she was a literal short. spy. Exactly, exactly. So they could have had a lot of those type, like Winter Soldier-esque, really intense, well-choreographed hand-to-hand fights. But I think there's like 45 seconds total of Taskmaster, like hand-to-hand combat in the entire movie. Nah. Like there's not, there's not nearly enough. And also in the comics and in the Spider-Man PS4 game, I think he was in the... Seen the Miles Morales one? No, he's in PS4. You know that ta- he's on the same. He's not on the same scale as Deadpool, but he's like diet Deadpool, like off-brand, like PC right. brand Deadpool. He talks mm-hmm. shit. He talks shit. 
and they uh, they do the same thing they did to Deadpool and Wolverine in that they make the character silent. They 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 make them mute. So it's like you you got one of the the hmm. premier. That's even very off brand for Marvel. Yeah, you got one of the premier trash talkers in the entire MCU, and you decide to do this with them. Now, there's a reason that they decided this with them. That's the part that I won't spoil. You might be able to already figure it out because they made a couple other changes with the character, which I was fine with, but it was just like, hmm. I feel like you could have made those changes but kept the trash talk and just really utilized yeah. them more as a, as, a, as a villain, I guess. I don't know. Yeah one of those sort of the same with hulk i'll get i'll get around to it eventually for completionism but uh yeah from what i've heard it's i'm not i'm not excited to get to it i'm sure i'm sure i'll like it fine when i do but yeah yeah there's no bad in this list like we don't have a bad tier we have a forgettable tier because it's just watched it and forgot it and then the last one is one that uh i don't think anybody other than me can vote on so you guys have to trust me on this eternals have you seen eternals yet nope there you go so I put Eternals as a good superhero movie. It's not actually, though. It's a good movie. It's not good enough to be called a great movie. I don't know that it functions as a superhero movie enough <laughs> to be called a good superhero movie. But I really liked it. It's like uh, I, I've, I talked about it with the TV shows lately. It's like I some of my favorite things are the sitting down on philosophy discussions. There's been no Marvel movie even comes close to the amount of sitting down philosophy discussions as the Eternals. It just, it's like a core theme of the movie and a lot of characters do it. And like, there's a ton of characters in the, uh, in, in the, there's 10, right? There's 10 Eternals. And without spoiling things, cause I really don't want to, it does something I've never seen a Marvel movie do where one of the characters like takes himself out of the final battle. And it's not like he just, he like kills himself or he does something dramatic. He just says, Nope, you know what? I can't be a part of this. And he, like, removes himself from... And I was like, wow. Like, the confident... I mean, first of all, you have a lot of characters. So I guess you can, you know, get away with not having to shoot one of them for a while. But I just thought that was just a really interesting choice. That they're kind of all interesting mm-hmm. and all different. And, and their the philosophy of their decisions is a real important thing to this movie. And uh, I don't know. A lot of, like, 2 a.m. discussions in coffee shops have been done about very <laughs> similar things to the questions... Mm-hmm that Eternals brings up. And I don't mind that was a slow burn. So is it a good superhero movie? I don't know. I named the tier, so I only have myself to blame, but that's where it belongs. It belongs right in the middle. I don't care about what the people on uh, Rotten Tomatoes say. Come at me, bro. But again, they're not here. I'm the one who saw it. Nobody else saw it. There you go. Okay. So I think they have their own list. They can have their own list. And that concludes the Marvel tier list. It also is, this might be, one of our long I'm so sorry, Matt. If if Adam was here, this would easily be a two hour episode. But I'll just read it off and then I'm gonna post it online. By the time you're listening to this, it's already gonna be posted on our Facebook page. So go there. Once again, if you've forgotten, because this is the length of a short film, uh, you can go to uh, Facebook.com slash nerds of the north and let us know what you think. In our transcendent tier, the very best of the best, we have uh Civil War, Captain America Civil War. We have Avengers Infinity War, and we have Avengers. And uh, that those are the same ones that Adam had. I didn't actually look at your list. But so far, Adam is three for three, whereas I had Winter Soldier in there, which uh, didn't quite make the cut. 
Then in our, I guess, A tier, genuinely a great movie tier, not just a great superhero movie, a great movie. We have Captain America, uh, The Winter Soldier, Avengers Endgame, Suck It Adam, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, Iron Man, and Thor Ragnarok. In good superhero movie, we have Avengers Age of Ultron. Again, maybe a controversial pick. I don't know. Captain America, the first Avenger. Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Both Spider-Mans that are currently out. Black Panther, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. Worth the price of popcorn, we have Thor, Ant-Man, Iron Man 2. And then in our forgettable tier, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, The Incredible Hulk, Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2, and Black Widow. Whew. How are you feeling? Final thought here about that list. Does it? Anything, as I was reading that off, did anything sound egregious that it's there? No, no, not at all. It's not everything is where I would have put it, but I find it hard to argue uh, about any of them except for where Adam had uh, had Endgame. But uh, <laughs> that's astonishing to have yeah. Endgame and and. and uh, Thor 2 in the same tier is uh, is going to be worth a serious serious discussion. Anyway, a whole other like two hour episode just on that one, but uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. you know for the, for the most part everything is sort of approximately where I where I where I would have expected. Yep, and then we actually have like f- we have more movies in the forgettable tier than the worth the price of the popcorn tier. But other than that, like if we bumped up two of them, although I don't even know what we'd bump up, but if we bumped up two of them, then we would we would indeed have. The perfect bell curve, which is just hey, look at that. That's exactly making what our we're math teachers here. proud. Yeah, yeah, they should be. Okay, so with that, we'll end it <clears throat> because I don't think that Matt's brain or my voice can sustain doing any more talking here. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a safe week, and we'll see you next time.